We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky, Pastor Emeritus of uh, St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches. That sounds so so official, John, so <laughs> prestigious. <laughs> Pastor Emeritus. Uh, very good. No, that's you, good. That's good. You, you throw a little Latin in, doesn't it? It really, it really makes it seem like you say impressive. Yes, I'm Pastor Emeritus. <laughs> I'm just... And you're, you're just what? You're, just you're a just, normal pastor. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. no Latin term in front of my name, no, but... Uh, but but happy happy to be serving uh, as pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church in uh, beautiful as always uh, South St Louis. So uh, uh, this is did we say what this is? This is wrestling with the basics. If we did say it, well, pardon us for repeating ourselves. <laughs> but if we didn't, you really need to know what you're getting into here. <laughs> okay, that's right. Uh, uh, and, and and I don't know how this episode will go because Matt tells me. That we are not recycling sermons this time. This is not the leftover chili. This is this is the uh, this is the original. This is the first serving. This is actually a message that you you've been working on for a long time. T- tell people real quickly about it. you. You've got a really really big project that is going to be coming to a conclusion. You hope pretty soon if you can get we the cooperation sure of yeah. the the administration at the seminary. But tell them real quick what you're doing. Yeah there. yeah definitely. Well thanks John. So. I've been working uh, in the Doctor of Ministry program at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, uh, and that's a program for parish pastors. It's for guys like me, uh, serving full-time in the parish, but want to uh, just continue their education and and sharpen their their pastor skills. Uh, One of the things that's been most helpful to me is just uh, being accountable, John, (laughs) because in the parish, things get busy, busy, and you're like, well, I want to read that book about preaching or whatever, and and sometimes you never get to it, but when you're taking a class and you're getting a grade for it, then there's this accountability. You better do the oh, reading. Yeah. You better do the work. <laughs> and that's that's been good for me, I think, at least. Uh, but as those classes have come to a conclusion, now I'm doing my, what they call, major applied project. And that's just a big project at the end that's tied to the congregation that you serve. Um, research and writing for it, but then also um, a, a project related to the church as well. So for mine, uh, working with some of our members here at Ascension who are uh, refugees, uh, they came to the U.S. as refugees from Nepal and, and Bhutan, and uh, many of whom were uh, former Hindus and Buddhists and uh, who now are Christians and even Lutherans, John, catechized, uh, confirmed Lutherans. Uh, so uh, to learn from them and their experience, uh, what was that experience like as a refugee? Uh, what 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 did it mean to come out of the darkness of of Hinduism and, and false teaching into the light of Christ? Uh, what does that mean to be a, a part of our congregation today? How do you view that uh, when you're sort of the the minority <laughs> ethnically in a in a congregation of mostly uh, Caucasian uh, Lutherans who probably have German backgrounds? You know how does that work, and and how can we be uh, unite in, and how can we be uh, what we truly are uh, through water and the word, God's baptized people, 
uh, sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. So anyway, uh, as part of a, a three-part sermon series, I'm going to be um, highlighting uh, portions of what I'm calling uh, oral histories. Uh, so I've recorded the the histories of, of four of our Nepalese members and um, taking some of that content and then using that as uh, just information, ways to inform my, my preaching. Uh, preaching always based on the Word of God, right? But also to use and incorporate, yeah, some of the stories from our, our Nepalese folks into that as well. Um, so that's that's what I'm looking at, John. So I haven't preached those sermons yet. So like you said uh, to our listeners, uh, this ain't the leftovers this time, nothing wrong with leftovers, but uh, this is kind of the, um, <laughs> I don't know, the, the prep work. I'm still chopping the vegetables okay. and I'm still making the stock and uh, so I'm getting ready for the sermon. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in just having a conversation with you, John, and um, uh, about the, the, the first installment of a three-part one and, and the first um, scripture text for that sermon as well. So I'm kind of looking forward to our conversation and, and seeing where it leads and how uh, yeah, maybe how that will inform uh, part of the, my preaching too. So anyway, uh, we'll be in this together, Pastor Lukomsky and listeners. So, so the thing too, a, a couple of things that that I, you know, I think that's that's really neat that that you're working through this, and it's not. I haven't come to the conclusion, but it's still all going to be based on the Word of God. That's what we Amen. want to do in this episode. What, yeah. What's the Scripture have to say? But see, I like the fact that we need to remember that the Scripture is not just out there. Uh, the Scripture is given because it's supposed to be speaking to us. And so, what does it speak to you if you are a refugee? And, and maybe we have more more experiences in common with a refugee than what we would imagine, uh, maybe not in, in terms of specifics, but in terms of the same struggles we have and the fears we have. So, okay. Uh, and, and one final thing, be sure and let us know when you're finally done with this and you, so that I can be Pastor Emeritus and you can be Dr. Oh, Matthew we both Clark. get fancy titles now. <laughs> oh, man. Won't that, this show will be so impressive at that point. Oh, boy. And people, oh, man, there's an emeritus and there's a doctor. And they'll say, well, it's the same junk we've always been getting. This is John and didn't, Matt. <laughs> didn't change anything. It's, All right. What's the story for your first round here that you're going to want to look at? Yeah. So for, for the first round, what I want to look at is, um, you know, um, Matthew chapter 3. Um Matthew chapter three, and, and really, kind of the theme for the sermon is um, our our Nepalese members. And now wait a second, hold on. Yeah, yeah go I ahead. got Matthew chapter two. Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter two. I'm oh, sorry, John. Uh, Matthew, you, C- man, you are a long way to from getting your your doctorate. If you're you keeping me humble, John. Chapter see, you're in. see okay. once once you be, once you become a doctor, then you don't mess up with stuff like that. I'm sure, right? <laughs> no, no, probably when you're a doctor, then you don't care. <laughs> You can say anything I, you want, and people, well, he's a doctor. He's got to be right. I, I'm pretty sure that's what emeritus means. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead. No, emeritus simply means I didn't know what he was saying at the beginning. It certainly hasn't got any better now. So It's Latin right. for I don't care what people think anymore. <laughs> that's right. There you go. That is. All right. All right. No, I'm sorry. We're, we're getting off track here. Sorry, listeners. So, yeah, we're in Matthew chapter 2. Okay, so yes. as we look at this, um, this is kind of the the untold, sometimes the untold part of of Epiphany, you know. Uh, so we have uh, the day of Epiphany, and there's certain readings that are assigned for that. But it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the reading for Epiphany 
from the lectionary. It begins with Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, and goes through verse 12, and then it, and then it stops there. Um, so if you want to give us, John, just a little recap of uh, verses 1 through 12, uh, what do we usually reflect on on the day of Epiphany? All right. Well, so the day of Epiphany is, and, and I, I need to say this uh, because of my wife, the, the, the Magi, not the Magi, okay, no, it is definitely Magi, Lynn will tell us, because it is the plural of Magus, okay. Uh, anyway, so there's these three wise guys. I think Lynn needs a title of some sort, John. (laughs) He's probably more deserving than either one of us. That's right. She should be doctor. Uh, (laughs) Well, anyway, the point is is the three wise men come. uh, They've seen the star in the east, and they come bringing their gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh because they want to worship the king of the Jews. No one else knows he's the king. Uh, Well, the shepherds probably have some idea that something special is going on, uh, but all the priests and the and the real king there in Jerusalem, they don't know what's going on. But these three foreigners, these aliens, they know who he is, and they come to worship him. And then yeah, they thanks, leave. John. They leave because they've been warned in a dream, it says, yeah. not to return to Herod. They departed to their own country by another way. And there's more to the story, isn't there, Matt? There sure is. You know, But I, I appreciate that you, you brought up that king connection because you have two kings. So yeah. you have King Herod, who is this megalomaniac. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. A terrible, terrible guy who, you know, would kill his own family members if he suspected that they uh, were going to to try to take over the crown. Uh, So you have that guy, but then you have the the true king. You have Christ the king and just how he comes in humility. I mean, how can you get much more humble than an infant, right? And and, uh, at this point, probably be more of a toddler, you know, two years old or so. Um, It doesn't get much more humble than that. So, boy, what a stark contrast between these two kings. And yet... Jesus, the humble one, is, is the true king, uh, the, the Lord of lords, the king of kings. So, yeah, that, that sets up the story. But there's more to it, like you said. And, and here's the rest of the story that, that sometimes I think really does get overlooked. So let's read uh, Matthew chapter 2, chapter 2, uh, verses 13 through 15. Now, when they had departed, uh, behold, an angel of the Lord, or a messenger again, a messenger of the Lord, appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, So when they had departed, so the they there, they're talking about, so who took off? The wise the, men, right? Uh, the wise men, yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. Magi. So when they departed. Yeah. So, yeah, so here Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus are, are, are now left together. The, the magi have, have taken off. And now the, an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph again in a dream uh, and has a message for him. Um, and what's the message? Uh, rise, take the child and flee to Egypt. Uh, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. I think that's interesting, the word flee. It's not like just, we'll travel to Egypt, take a journey to Egypt. Um, no, it's, it's flee, <laughs> take off, get going uh, to Egypt. And then it seems as though that's exactly what Joseph does. Did you catch when they leave there in verse 14? Yeah, by, by, by night. By, by night. night. So yeah, they're right? not waiting around. They're packing their bags. They're getting out of the door. By the way, just real quick, that flee 
uh, which literally means to escape. That's the word for escape. Uh, it goes real well with uh, the search to destroy the child, because that's the word apolumai, which means wipe them out completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. do not want to be apolumai. And that's what Herod's intent is. Do not be destroyed. Do not be annihilated. He wants to annihilate yeah. this child, this rival Perfect. king. Perfect uh, flee, king escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. escape. Um, yeah, and it, it seems as though perhaps maybe even that very night, right? You know, yep. that, that yep. Joseph takes this so seriously that, that he gets out of town um, with Mary and with Jesus. And again, uh, this is after Jesus' birth, right? So this is when the, the Magi come and, and already Jesus seems to be around two years old. They're already in a house. They're not still in the stable. Yeah. So this is a, a young child uh, and his mother. And, and, and think about that because, yeah, it was tough. It was tough when the baby was laid in a manger because there was no room in the inn. But at this point, if you're Mary and Joseph, you think, okay, well, things have finally settled out. Right. All right. Things are getting back to normal. And now all of a sudden everything's turned topsy-turvy. Just like that. Like I said, overnight, everything's changed again. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, I would assume, you know, Joseph is probably working a steady job. He's providing for his family. You know, it's been a while now. He's got a, a young child and he settled in. And now you got to uproot and take off. And they do that that mm -hmm. very night. Mm -hmm. And then go to Egypt. I mean, that's no small yeah. thing. I mean, Egypt is another nation, obviously. And it's close to 200 miles away from Jerusalem. Wow. I mean, this oh, is a big, miles? how long is it going to take him to get there? You know, days yeah. and days. Um, I mean, to be in an entirely different country, uh, different language, different culture, uh, different religion, everything. Yeah, they're going to Egypt. Uh, that's, that's huge. That is no and, small thing. And, and I think you should probably point out that that you probably the Egyptians probably don't really like you as a Jew, okay? No, they, they, they're not really no. crazy about Jews today. Uh, I don't think they were really crazy about Jews back then. Uh, I mean, at one point, Jews were slaves in Egypt, and you know the the terrible things that happened to the Egyptians because of of, of the Jews. So yeah, you're not even going to a place where people are going to necessarily welcome you with open arms. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, that you're unwanted there. <laughs> you're unwanted because by Herod, Herod's out to kill yeah. you. But you're going to Egypt and you're unwanted there too. Uh, you know, and you're just kind of, they're, they're stuck. No one really wants them around. They're rejected. Um, which on the one hand, boy, that kind of reminds you of refugees today. But on the other yeah. hand, it reminds you of why Jesus came. I mean, it, it, I, Isaiah, right? Uh, talks about one who's rejected, right? And here's Jesus is rejected, rejected by Herod, and probably going to be rejected, as you pointed out, John, by the people in Egypt, too. Um, probably not a, a welcome with open arms. Um, yeah, I was just you know, researching for this a little bit and, and looked up uh, some paintings of this, and there's, there's one painting by a, a, a French painter who uh, has this picture of Mary and Joseph and Jesus and they're traveling. It's Mary and and Jesus with a, on a donkey, yeah. And Joseph kind of leading it. And they're 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 on their own. It's desolate, and they're they're walking past the pyramids. <laughs> you know, I oh yes, that was kind yes. of a neat. A neat I, I'm image. familiar with that picture. Yeah, yeah. You know that. Yeah, you know, here they are back to the place where the Israelites were enslaved, mm -hmm. and and here he is again. Um, here's Jesus. And then there's another painting by a, an English uh, painter where it's it's the, again kind of the same image, but now they're arriving in Egypt, and there's people everywhere, and everyone is dressed different than them, it looks different than them, and kind of 
just sort of staring him down because who is this? Oh yeah, carpenter, yeah. Jewish carpenter, uh, and his wife and kid. Uh, so it, it, it's it, it you know to really give that some thought, boy that that was not an easy thing for Mary Joseph to do. Uh, and then the other part of it is how long are they going to be in Egypt? Did you yeah. catch that? Yeah. Well, until until Herod dies, yeah. and who yeah. knows how long that's going to be. Yeah. Exactly. The angel yeah. says. Yeah, rise and take the child. Remain there until I tell you. Just, yeah. just stay there till I get back to you, Joseph. You know, <laughs> oh, um, man. you know. But but like you said, uh, until then, uh, Herod dies, and then finally, you know, it's time for them to return. Uh, yeah. Oh boy. Um, oh, I like I like that phrase there. Until I tell you. Yeah. Because yeah. man, you and I, we've both. I, everybody listening has been in that situation where you've called the doctor, you know, and you're really concerned. And and the doctor says, "I will get back to you." And you're thinking, "When? <laughs> yeah. I want to know now. Yeah. I don't want to know yeah. a week from now." Okay, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Yeah, just hang out until I tell you. You know, and you yeah. think the suspense when a doc we're waiting for a doctor. The suspense that Joseph much have felt is he waiting for God to somehow get back to him? <laughs> you know, how long do we have yeah. to be here? Yeah. Um, you know, and you think of other examples in the Bible, too, though, you know, when when God's people are, are have to move and, and be in a place that's not their own and and really not their home. And I think of uh, Jacob and his family, remember, with the famine, yep, and then yeah. they moved to Egypt and eventually certainly mistreated uh, over the years then in Egypt. Think of when they were the people of Israel, exiles in Babylon, you know, all those accounts of Daniel and the lion's den and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that happens in exile. Um, being displaced in in a, in a foreign land in, in Babylon, and yet the Lord is still with them. Um, I, I think of well, probably the very first people that were displaced were um, Adam and Eve. You know, well, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. kicked out of the Garden of Eden and and uh, in a place that's much more hostile than the Garden of Eden. Um, but you you see how that happens over and over again, and yet see, see, I think, Matt, Matt, I never thought about yeah. it before, but you really. Yeah. You're right. It, it, it's like they're all refugees, aren't they? Yeah. Because yeah. it all starts, uh, well, Adam and Eve. See, I never even thought about that, but you're right. They're out of paradise. Yep. And then you got Abraham, and the very first thing that Abraham has to do is leave his homeland and, and go off to some desert country that God says, I'm going to give this to you someday. Yep. And I'm sure he's thinking, wow, thanks. <laughs> yep. We just, yep. we could use more sand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to find examples of people that weren't somehow displaced. Yes, yes, and uh, in in a foreign land. And uh, but again and again, boy, you see that in the Bible, don't you? And and I think with with all those examples that we just talked about, even Adam and Eve included, uh, God also has a purpose, though, in that. Mm. There's there's a purpose uh, to those things, and I think especially when it comes to Jesus going to Egypt, uh, as difficult as that was for. That'd be for Jesus and his family. God has a purpose there too. Um, we saw part of that purpose already, right? In in uh, that that last verse you read, John, uh, verse fifteen, uh, it says, "This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet." Right out of Egypt, hmm. I have called my son. So that quoting Hosea, Hosea chapter eleven, where uh, the the prophet talks about that, and you know, alluding back to. Israel itself, you know, God's chosen people, his son, you know, Israel, and how they were called out of Egypt into the promised land. But then also, too, that even greater fulfillment now in, in Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, this scripture is being fulfilled. Uh, 
the 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 son of God, you know, the 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 son, uh, God the son, Jesus. Yeah, he's gonna end up in Egypt, and and God's gonna call him out of Egypt too. So already, you know, there's a purpose to this, right? And and the the even greater purpose though is, well, Jesus isn't gonna be killed by Herod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so he, God has this in mind. The Father has this plan that He is preserving the life of Jesus. And he is going, he has come for our salvation. His life is going to be preserved so he can grow up, so he can be baptized and preach and teach. And then eventually, you know, there'll be a time when, you know, his life isn't preserved and, and he will die on a cross. Um, his life will be taken from him. Uh, and, and even that order made by a, a different political leader, not Herod, but, but Pontius Pilate finally. Um, and uh, that was the right timing. Now is not the right time. You know, him as a two year old, no, not yet. Um, but he's preserved until that that timing is right for him to lay down his life. So let's uh, let's keep reading, John, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, uh, verses sixteen through eighteen. Yeah, because it doesn't get nicer, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Then uh, sixteen through nineteen, you said eighteen. Uh, yeah, through eighteen. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men, and was fulfilled what the prophet, spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah sadly, uh, Herod and his, this evil, evil act uh, has the children in, in Bethlehem killed. Uh, Jesus escapes, but there are others who die. Um, we call them in the church the holy innocents, the holy innocents. Sometimes we call them even the first martyrs. Um, and and uh, I think there's some truth to that. You know, not that these uh, children, um, you know, necessarily, you know, were confessing Christ, you know, Jesus yeah. is the Savior. But but yet they, they certainly are killed, um, well, for the sake of Jesus, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and they I, certainly yeah, are a witness because that's what martyr yes. means. Uh, they are yeah. witnesses to the evil and sin and the reason that Jesus Christ had to come into this world. Yeah. 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 Well put. And uh, yeah, and certainly appropriate for us to, to uh, remember them as a church. And it's really remembered here in Matthew's gospel. But yet, even this, as sad as it is, is, is a fulfillment of scripture, too. Uh, Rachel weeping for her children. We think of her her death and childbirth, you know, giving birth to Benjamin, uh, and and the weeping there foreshadowing then uh, this even perhaps greater weeping um, that takes place with the the death of the innocents, the hand of of evil King Herod. It, it it's interesting, Matt. If I might interject though, the yep. the, the language there, uh, and it's hard to see in the English. Uh, it's somewhat there. Then then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. If if you check those fulfillment passages out, and they're full of them, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, especially in the first couple of chapters, you, you'll notice that's worded a little differently. Because obviously, uh, it's not fulfilled in the sense that this is what God wanted. Mm -hmm. you know, God mm -hmm. doesn't desire the death of anyone, right? Uh, they would repent and live. Uh, and, and actually, if you look it up in the original language, you can see that the sense more is that yeah, God knew that was going to happen. He knew Harry was going to do it. Uh, it was it was a fulfillment in that sense, but it wasn't a fulfillment like the other uh, verses where he says it was fulfilled, uh, where this is actually what God intended. It was His desire that that uh, the, the virgin would be with child. Uh, yeah, that's the plan. 
But this, no, this was the plan of Herod, although the Lord, of course, knew it, and he spoke of it through the prophet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out, John. Yeah, this this, this act of evil, that's that's on Herod and yeah. God, yeah. but yet God in his, his foreknowledge yet didn't know of it. And again, uh, this is, uh, again, uh, another indication that, yeah, yeah, Jesus is the one, you know, this is the Savior. Um, and then, yeah, verse verse 19, then uh, when Herod dies, right, the, God keeps his promise. Do you want to read a verse, just verse 19 for us? But but when Herod died, which, like you said, that's what God said was going to happen uh, and will happen to all of us. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph uh, in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. Yeah, so... Joseph didn't have to keep waiting. Uh, the, the angel came and told him. We, we don't know how old Jesus is. We don't know how yeah. long they were in Egypt. Um, we know it's before he's 12 years old, before he makes that trip to the temple, right? Um, but we, we just don't know. You know, not could, long after I Herod's death. It could have been a decade. It could have been almost 10 years that they it were could, in Egypt. Yeah. That's a long it, time. I know. I know. It could have been a while. So we, we have the approximate date of Herod's death, but um, I know some scholars debate over the, day, the the actual date, but but even still, it could have been a little while after his death, after the dust kind of settled a little bit, maybe, yeah. and things were truly safe for Jesus. Um, yeah, there's still a purpose in him going to Egypt uh, to save Jesus so he can save us, right, at the yeah, cross. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just to, just to share a little bit, too, uh, you know, the, the experience of some of our Nepalese members, uh, you know, Jesus has to go to Egypt really for sort of political reasons because of because of King Herod. And, you know, our, our Nepalese folks going uh, to, to refugee camps for political reasons, too. Uh, they were in Bhutan, but yet they spoke Nepali, uh, you know, so the Bhutanese didn't really accept them because they were speaking the Nepali language. They seem pretty Nepalese to us. And yet, you know, when they go to Nepal, um, well, they're from Bhutan. They're not one of us. So again, you kind of end up in this situation where you're not really welcomed by anyone, um, by either nation. So you become a refugee. And so living in, in refugee camps with, uh, boy, just pretty rough conditions um, for over 20 years, most of our, our members. And food dependent upon uh, the government and, and various organizations and uh, just uh, mud beds to sleep in and, you know, bamboo walls and plastic roofs and, you know, uh, a tough, tough situation, right? Um, but I, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that came out in the interviews is, is one of the, the, Goggin is his name, who I interviewed. Um, you know, he, I'll just read a little, he says uh, in his interview, uh, yeah, in a Nepali refugee camp is when I learned of Jesus Christ. If I was not a refugee, maybe I would still be Hindu or Buddhist. Uh, he says, maybe it's God's plan. Uh, this guy needs to be a refugee, and then he will get Jesus Christ. Uh, and maybe it was God's plan that I became a refugee. And then, and then, and then he ends with this. Uh, and from a refugee, I got the citizenship of heaven, <laughs> which I think is beautiful. Uh, wow. Um, so again, God's purposes, even in a situation like that, the gospel was still shared, and uh, even for a refugee to have uh, that certain hope uh, that they too are may not be a citizen of a nation, but a citizenship of heaven itself. Uh, you know, thanks be to God for that. This has been wrestling with the basics.